0: We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch, and as a remnant, repair as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case.
1: Well, good morning, uh, Kathy. Here we are on End Times Friday, the first Friday of uh, 2024. This will be Aaron, and uh, it'll be... uh, Interesting as we look at, uh, you know, we can talk a little bit about what we foresee potentially going to happen this year and what is happening. Um, This will be airing on January the fifth, and uh, by the way, this is uh, my son's birthday. Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, it's his birthday, and we always have it as a good time. We were, (laughs) we were. There was another couple that was talking about. uh, I think the the wife had a birthday on December you know, 23rd or something, you know, and, and they were commiserating as, uh, you know, how does, d- d- do you just get a Christmas present that's held back? <laughs> and the answer is yes, I do. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, and Linda and I realized, you know, we should probably stop wrapping his birthday presents in Christmas paper, you know, <laughs> but it, it's kind of fun. Uh, but um, as we look at this year, uh, uh, we'll talk about just a couple things currently and then what we think may be happening this year to watch for is um, the war with Israel and Hamas is going on. Um, I believe my thinking, and, and we, can, we can verify this later, but probably by now, uh, and we're taping this before Christmas, uh, but by the time this airs, it's likely that Israel and Hamas Egypt and others around them have, a, have set up a, another ceasefire uh, to exchange hostages. And okay, let's everybody stop for a moment and do it. I think what I think is along with that is that uh, Israel will probably say if you want a longer term ceasefire, you're going to have to lay down your arms and everybody you know everybody cease operating as Hamas which either they will or they won't. And if they don't, I think the ceasefire will not be long lived and then they'll go back in and try to destroy them, which is what their goal is. And I think they're they're, they're dedicated to that. I think they're going to do it one way or the other. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Hamas reacts to the requirements. And is this ceasefire just to get the hostages back and then they go back to war or do they try to negotiate a complete you know what, we'll, uh, we'll disband. That doesn't, they can say they'll disband and they'll try to disband. Um, usually underneath it all, they don't. And uh, okay, let's say we're gonna disband. Let's act like we're gonna disband. But underneath it all, we're gonna get back together and try to you know come back. So yeah, it won't mean as permanently, but but Israel's is that way. So we'll see how that goes uh, and watch it. And so by the time this airs, everybody should have heard something about that. Um, what I think um, is gonna happen in 2024 is um, even though the economy is pretty resilient, um, I do think that we could see either a significant downturn in things like housing and maybe a cliff uh, that economically that starts a recession uh, that goes into it. There's certainly all the ingredients to that. Uh, the debt level is certainly high. Remember 2024 is an election year. Uh, so we will see where that winds up with the president. Um, I I would doubt personally and and I don't have any you know confirmation or, or pure evidence of this but I doubt if Biden will be the Democratic nominee for president um, I think because of health, I can't think of because of the problems with with his son Hunter, uh, the impeachment um, I just think that, he will not be the nominee. I don't think Harris will be the nominee either. I think there'll be a new player. Um, and, I, and it could be, by the way, Mich- uh, Michelle Obama. It doesn't look like there's any other strong Democrats. Um, right now, if you, if you looked at the polls, even with all of Trump's legal problems, right now he is, he is seen as the front runner uh, that will be the Republican nominee. Uh, and that'll that'll be interesting to me to see if it actually uh, comes out that way, and then what that means for a presidential election, and the Senate and the House. That uh, and generally, by the way, uh, the elections go based on the economy um, and people's pocketbooks. Even though everybody says, "Hey, everything's okay," people's pocketbooks are being challenged with, "I can't, I can't make it." Uh, inflation has whacked me I'm not I don't have much to spend I can't keep up Uh, and everybody feels like the economy is is not doing well and that impacts me personally and so I might want to vote a different way you know or not vote at all you know and so Right, right. Right. Yep. 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 And on that note, um, uh, I believe it'll be appealed, what Colorado did. And by the way, other states are seeing if they can do it as well. And it's it's kind of sorted between, obviously, what we call red and blue states, uh, conservative or, or liberal. Um, and Colorado now has become a liberal state. And that is that, uh, the, see, the, the problem with it, and it's all by law, is that... Um, Right now, anybody can be put on the ballot if they meet certain conditions, which is about uh, uh, you know, ap- uh, applying for it and then having enough you know, signatures to do it. And Trump has met that condition. Um, and what they're saying is, yeah, we know that, but we're adding a new condition. And that is that Trump was involved in the January 6th rioting back in you know, uh, 2020 2021, so um, we're not going to let them do it. Well, the law says you that's not that's not legit legitimate. You you don't have the right to decide to add some other requirement, uh, whether it's legitimate or not. You know, so uh, this will be appealed to the Supreme Court. Um, I believe the Supreme Court will rule that he can be in the ballot because he met the conditions. And they'll, and they'll bring it back to, sorry, the law says, that's it, you can't add a new law, uh, a new interpretation of law. And so I, I think he'll wind up getting back, uh, which obviously will you know will cause some stress you know in the, in the division. Uh, and I believe that the, the goal is to have chaos. So I think we'll have more chaos. I think we'll see the World Economic Forum the United Nations, uh, this new uh, Rothschild subgroup um, will come out more and more verbal uh, about one world government and will push it, push it, push it, uh, and be working toward a variety of things. Uh, and remember, the the uh, central banking system is continuing to load debt onto the world through through the governments and then the personal personal borrowing um, and I just think they're pushing it to ultimately a breaking point. I think we'll see debt levels continue to skyrocket uh, economically and put pressure on it. And is there a bubble like a housing bubble that uh, like happened in two thousand and eight, where it just it just hit a, a wall and everything everything started to tank? Um, it's possible we could see something like that in two thousand and twenty-four. Uh, that uh, the economy and the economy is very resilient, you know, the uh, uh, but it's being driven by uh, the consumer who borrows money to, to sustain their lifestyle uh, that may hit a wall as well. So it'll be interesting. I think there'll be lots of uh, twists and turns. I think it'll become one more government will become more more promoted. Um, I think there'll be things that will be set up. I think chaos will continue. Uh, and. Uh, we're going to see lots of things happen, maybe even internationally, and and to watch Israel, which we will, you know, as we go through it. So uh, we will uh, keep up on it, you know, week after week after week, and uh, we can kind of say, here's what we predict. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, uh, and then we'll inter- help interpret what does play out. But what we do know is that the world is getting trickier and trickier. It's getting more evil. Uh, it is... Uh, more dramatic in terms of the impact on us personally, and that should lead us all to go to God and say, "Help us understand it, and then what would you like us, you know, to do about it?" Um, and it's in the same vein. Uh, think about Jeremiah; you know, was predicting that Nebuchadnezzar was going was to capture them and destroy them, uh, and it was a global event for Israel. Um, by the way, most people ignored it. That'll eh, never happen. Eh, it's we're fine. Uh, God said no, it's going to happen. Um, uh, interesting enough, you know, when you think of um, you know Micah, uh, uh, Isaiah, they were, and I was just, I was just kind of struck by this because Joshua and I are looking at a Micah together. Um, Micah and Isaiah were thirty years before before Jeremiah. And they were already saying, you guys aren't following God and you really need to repent. Um, and here's some invitation to that. you know. And so for 30 years, they're saying it. Then Jeremiah comes and he says it for 13 more years. Uh, so it was 45 years basically that God was saying, you're not following me, you need to repent. You're not following me, you need to repent. And they basically, in a, in a way, partly because nothing happened, they looked at it as, ah, eh, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's gonna be fine, we're fine. Well, God says, it's gonna happen, and you need to, you need to pay attention uh, and get ready, you know? And, nah, nah, nah. and eventually, as Nebuchadnezzar is now coming and it's happen- gonna happen, uh, God said, look, uh, it's happening. It's gonna happen. This global event is gonna impact everybody in Israel. Um, Jeremiah, invite the remnant to follow me and they're going to be captured. Their life is gonna be turned upside down. They're gonna be carried away to Babylonia. They're gonna have to live in Babylonia under a brand new system that is not of me. But I will give you the covenant if, 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 if you do do these things. Um, And there was a group called the remnant who said, we believe it. <laughs> uh, we know the rest of them don't believe it, but we believe it. This, this global event happened, is happening. What do we need to do? Do it this way. And then I'll show you how to live the grand life. And we have Daniel, you know, as a, as a great example of that. And so um, I believe that's where we are today is that God said, hey, it's going to happen. Uh, and even if it's not the ultimate time for the end, there's global things happening that you is going to impact you as a follower of me. Um, Let me guide you and you become the remnant. And the remnant is just defined as have a heart to follow God Uh, and really listen to what he has to say because he speaks, he's going to direct, he's going to guide us and give us wisdom about what to do to prepare for it as well as how to walk into it. Uh, So that's our encouragement for everybody in 2024 is, is uh, join the remnant um, uh, and be a be a heart for it and maybe if the end is coming in the next you know three four five six seven ten years we'll actually be identified as a remnant specifically that will not be taking the mark of the beast and we'll be living in a completely different way because it because it all happened and and all we're trying to say is even if that doesn't fully happen things are happening that we need to follow God for so Uh, Because there's global stuff going on. So, uh, well, we want to get into uh, this discussion of the uh, rapture. Uh, And uh, one of the questions that we have is how do you want us to see this? What do you want us to understand about it? And what implication does it have for us being part of the tribulation and the uh, consequences of the tribulation? Um, and again, the three, the three uh, theories, uh, uh, and by the way, rapture is clear. Uh, there is gonna be a rapture, a rapture where the living followers of Christ go to be with him and don't, follow, and don't face physical death. And it happens kind of all at once. Uh, the, the theories are what's called pre-trib, right before the tribulation starts, we're taken away. Uh, and the Christian Christians are gone mid-trib when the antichrist says i am god and that brings god's wrath uh, well we know that uh, god says i'll protect you does he protect us by taking us out uh, or post-trib where it's at the time that christ returns that we're raptured and we join him in the air and then we come back uh, uh, if it is post-trib by the way and we know that god's wrath comes mid-trib uh, we're still protected, and we do have a, we do have a uh, biblical example, and that's uh, Exodus. Uh, Moses, you know, went to Pharaoh, "Let my people go." No, well, okay, well, then I'm going to send a plague of frogs and lice and this and that, uh, and God did, and the Jews were physically there, and they had it happen. But God protected them from the impact of that. So they experienced it, but they didn't have the consequences of it. Um, so and they weren't taken away. They weren't like, well I'm taking I'm taking you out and that it's, it's right in the beginning of it in the middle of it. And so we know that God can protect us even with his wrath and his his judgment coming where we physically are, there's a way to protect us so, Uh, you know, we'll talk about that as well. So we're gonna talk about these different ways. And what we want you to do is uh, if you would, uh, take this fresh and say, and just say, you know what? I don't know when the rapture is gonna be and I'm gonna let the word speak to me. And let's just look at what the word says as it lines up the impact of this and, and all I can tell you is that there's not an absoluteness to a- any of them and that um, therefore we can't pinpoint to all these scriptures and say, oh, of course it's, it's post-trib or of course it's mid-trib or of course it's uh, pre-trib. Why? Because it doesn't ever lay that out to that clarity. So, so I'd say, let's just look at it afresh and all you and I are going to do is just, what do the words say? That's it. Uh, what does that mean? And, and let's look at what it says. We know it's true. And we can, we can interpret, you know, what that therefore means. It seems like it says this, and then we can see that. Okay, so the first one, and we, we started this, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, actually. Uh, Second Thessalonians, uh, Thessalonians 2, 1-7. Second Thessalonians 2, 1-7. to Okay, um, uh, so let's let's go to the uh, last couple statements here. Is that um, there's a restraining of lawlessness that is already at work? Uh, okay, so a couple things, and we talked about this before. Um, when Paul was was speaking this, writing this, uh, and this is you know remember he's. He's writing this probably, you know, 50, 80 AD, 20 years after Christ. Um, what did he say about lawlessness? And it's already happening, you know. And he says, remember, and you know, Paul goes into great discussion about this through his writing, is that why is it happening? Well, it's always been happening since Adam and Eve, because of we handed over the authority of the world to Satan, and Satan is in control of the physical world, which is kill, steal, and destroy, entropy, lawlessness, uh, where people disregard, you know, honor and respect, uh, or even following, you know, what's right. He said it's already at work, uh, uh, and um, there's a restraint to that. Okay, now think of the word restraint. Um, what, what does that word mean and how does it work? Hold him back. Hold him back. I, I restrain you so that um, it's used, let's say, in, uh, and you can, you can see this in, uh, let's say, a, uh, a sports game. Um, and uh, the, the ref makes a call. And the coach gets mad, <laughs> um, and so he's what we what we can see, and we can see it because we get to get to see, you know, televised. He's going after the ref, uh, yelling at the ref, trying to get to the ref, and his other coaches restrain him. Is they they physically grab him and hold him back, um, or or like even a player that would do that is. You know, don't keep doing what you're going to do because if you do, you're going to cause more trouble and we, our job is to restrain you and, and just like you said, hold it back. Uh, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so when you think of restraint, um, it's it the full impact of what could be is held back because of the restraining. You know, so that coach who would go all the way and get you know get tossed from the game um, never gets to that point because he's restrained from doing it. So the the it lessens. The impact of it. So, uh, uh, and what he's saying here is uh, the Holy Spirit is the one restraining it. Okay, now, um, where is the Holy Spirit? Within us. So, see, it's our following God in the kingdom of God uh, where the spiritual power is superior to the world that is getting more and more powerful um and particularly as he's talking about the end here is that left alone where there is no restraint it would get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse worse. um but the holy spirit by us being there just physically and being involved actually restrains it it doesn't go as, as bad as it goes and and I've personally uh, experienced this. I've been to countries where there are very few believers. Um, and literally, uh, the crime rate, the corruption, uh, the awfulness, the destruction, the filthiness of it, the, uh, the lack of inequality is evident. And I've, I've gotten, I've literally walk off the plane. And you get hit immediately by the heaviness of that. Um, And you can see, you know, why isn't this a better place? Well, because there's not much restraint there. There's not much believers who are restraining it. And evil is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, and that's what he's trying to show us is that. Uh, we who are having Christ within us, the Holy Spirit within us, are serving as the restraint. And then, and by the way, you can you can uh, look at history uh, and uh, kind of tie it to the activity of true believers, you know, during that time. So you could take like the what's called the Dark Ages. Uh, well, there was church there but it was very corrupt and there wasn't a lot of following of the of the truth of God and walking in God and it became dark and it's considered the dark ages Um, you know we can look at America and the history of America and there's moments and times where there was a strong church and the blessings of of life were evident and as the church got less uh, the blessings really evaporated and uh, and so there's a, a relationship to the activity of both the you know the geography you're in as well as the global geography relative to the spirit and the restraining of pure evil to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, and he says, um, he says he's talking about the latter day, um, and and just we need to understand something of what he's talking about here is. Uh, in verse uh, chapter two, verse one, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together with him. Uh, he says, uh, let me help you understand it um, about the day of Christ uh, and let no one understand for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of, the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Uh, Okay, whenever he says the day of Christ, what is he talking about? The coming of Jesus. So he's not talking about, and this is why we have to keep understanding the timeline. When he says the coming of Christ or the day of Christ, he's not talking about the beginning of the tribulation. Uh, That's not the return of Christ. The return of Christ is when? At the end of the tribulation. Um, and that's when Christ returns. So when they talk about the day, it <laughs> the funny thing is it's actually literally a, a real day that Christ returns. Um, he uh, comes back and defeats the gathered army at the battle of Armageddon that's coming against Israel to destroy it. And Christ returns on that day and destroys them. <clears throat> And with them being destroyed, Israel then is saved. Israel and Christ set up the new millennial government. Satan is bound up for a thousand years. The false prophet and the, and the Antichrist are killed and they're gone. Uh, the demonic is bound up with Satan. Um, and it says we return back, those that are, that are raptured and those that, that have died prior to that uh, come back and reign with Christ for the thousand years. And so, so whenever we think about when He says, and we're going to see this all over Scripture, the day, it's the day Christ returns. Um, and and don't associate it with. And so, um, I, you know, and 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 remember, we're we, we're supposed to pray, Jesus, you know, come. Uh, when I asked people, I said, when you pray that, what do you think? Well, I'm praying Christ returns. When? Well, like today. I said, well. I guarantee you it can't be today why we we haven't we haven't started the tribulation and he comes seven years after so we can't just say bypass all that truth and come anyway we already know when he comes seven years after the beginning of the tribulation mid-trib has already happened and the abomination of desolation where the antichrist says he's God which he says here has has happened so when we say Christ come, when it's really, could we start the tribulation so you could come? <laughs> and, and and here's the funny thing, um, and, as, and remember you're talking to people to try to, you know, because they're getting they're getting some of these thoughts, but they're so shallow. And they're making statements, and people just accept them as truth. Uh, come Jesus, come! It can be any day now. Well, no, it really can't. Uh, it, it will know, quite frankly, we'll know when the clock starts. Then, then we can know. Now what we should be praying for is a tribulation to start. Okay, <laughs> now I say, and I do walk people through that. you should be praying for the tribulation. <laughs> I do not want to pray for the. Tri- I do not want to pray for the tribulation. Why? Well, because it's not going to be good. Uh, and it's going to be really difficult. Including, we could get killed. We could be martyred through, which is what it says. And that's not going to be pleasant. So, um, uh, no, I don't want the tribulation to occur. I want Jesus to come, but I don't want the tribulation to come. Well, you got you got to pray for the tribulation. Uh, and then they say, "Well, okay, I'll pray for that because I'm going to be raptured anyway." Uh, well, are you sure about that? You know, and and so, see, for me. Um, and because it's, I, I keep thinking, even if we're going to suffer during that beginning of the tribulation, um, it's not for very long. Um, and to get to the Christ return in the millennium and the start of that millennium, that's going to be so fantastic. And then by the way, a new heaven and new earth at the end of the millennium. Yeah, um, what a great time to be living if we, if we get to experience that. And it doesn't frighten me that there's going to be hardness to it. To me, it could be the most exciting time of history uh, that we that we get to be part of. But he says, uh, "Let no one deceives you." In verse three, for that day will not come unless what? Read that again, verse. Yep. Who opposes and exalts himself about all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And remember. He's saying that first of all, he has to be revealed. And, we, and we've talked about that, that he's not identified as, as the guy at the, beginning, at the beginning of the tribulation. He's a member of the beast. He's not even the, a top 10 guy, but pretty quick, he elevates himself up and becomes the guy. Uh, he's, he's identified as the antichrist. And at that point, he starts persecuting the Christians Uh, and he says that um, uh, we know what is restraining him and that will be revealed for the mystery of lawlessness is already. He who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Um, So um, as you look at that, it says that... um, this all happens during the tribulation and he sets himself up as God and the abomination of desolation um, and uh, that the Holy Spirit is restraining him uh, to be able, restraining lawlessness, restraining him, the work of Satan in the world. And there becomes a moment where it appears that the restraint is taken out of the way. And then he sets himself up as God. So that, um, well, it doesn't say it's taken out of the way before the tribulation. It's, it's this applies, it's during the tribulation. Uh, and ultimately he's revealed and sets himself up as antichrist coming after Christians and that's when the restraint is removed and he goes full bore into the place of I'm God. You know? And so um, this would imply in this scripture that it looks like it's, it's headed uh, at the moment of mid-tribulation, uh, that this is when he's, he's, it happens, that the rapture happens, and then he fully steps into God, which brings God's wrath because we're out of the way. Um, it uh, it says prior to, and so that's why pre-trib could say, well, it could be at the very beginning of the tribulation and and then the world just you know just takes over uh, and goes more and more evil and then he he's set up as, as Antichrist and then he operates as Antichrist and sets himself up as God. So they could take these verses and say, yeah, it sounds like, we're still here when he when it starts but we're not here as he steps into his full role as antichrist maybe that is pre trib and everything happens then or maybe it's mid trib and then everything happens then it's not clear it implies we're kind of here as he's getting put in place but maybe it's pre trib maybe it's mid trib you know and so we know these things are true but we can't pinpoint exactly when from these verses. Uh, so we'll we'll pick this up again, uh, you know, next time, and keep going through other scripture, and again, keep just looking at what scripture says. And since it's not absolute, we have to start realizing that we can't pin it down. We do know certain things about it, you know, which, which is good. Uh, there is a restraint, and that it is going to be taken out of the way. Uh, And the Antichrist is going to get into full power uh, because the restraint is taken away, which implies here it would either be pre-trib or mid-trib, not post-trib. So, you know, we'll we'll keep going with it. So, hey. Yeah. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we thank you for, uh, you know, these scriptures that, uh, you know, the good news is that we will be taken out. Um, we don't know exactly when. It doesn't, doesn't specify we could be uh, after the tribulation starts and before he fully gets into power or as he goes into power as Antichrist and calls himself God. Uh, maybe it's preacher. Uh, and so we just pray that we get wisdom and insight and clarity. Uh, to understand the possibilities, not to try to lay our own thought on it, but rather to receive what you're speaking to us. And we know one thing is you do want us to pay attention and to put this together. So we praise you and we thank you now in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Yep, we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See